The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. We'll produce the whole thing for you from the comfort of your home or at our Westwood Mass Studios. Radio quality sound. Don't you love the way my voice sounds? This could be you. You could be the next big podcast star. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Right, sidekick, Paula Constance? Right? Right. <laughs> You're a good company person. Paula Paula is here. She's my co-producer. She's sidekicking today on the Boston Podcast. How's your day going so far? Amazing. Okay. Well, it's about to get better because you're about to meet an awesome guest. So Jeremy Smith is here. He is the founder, CEO, Grand Poobah. Any other titles I should add, Jeremy? Master Dishwasher. <laughs> Master Dishwasher <laughs> of Two Smith Capital, which you can find out more about at twosmithcapital.com. We want to welcome him properly to the show. Yes. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So... Two Smith Capital is not. No, I've been in finance before. I wasn't very good at it, which is why I'm not at it anymore. But I learned a little bit about investing and, and retirement planning. But when I talked to you, Jeremy, I found out Two Smith Capital is kind of a horse of a different color. What inspired you to to start this? And tell us a little bit about the firm. Pretty much, is it's a full service commercial broker shop. A little bit about a little bit about me. Yep. I come from the commercial banking, merchant services background. A lot of the small business background. Basically, the premise kind of evolved from post-COVID, pre-COVID. You had a lot of small businesses, the black, the brown, the small, the the sub five million in revenue. Mm-hmm. They they kind of got treated like the stepchild mm-hmm. to banks, to lenders, to like, oh, well, you're not important. So Two Smith Capital kind of reached out, focused on, and and kind of preserved those relationships, mm-hmm. if you might say. Oh, I need capital for my business. Oh, I didn't get a PPP loan. Oh, my real estate's bad. Oh, I I, I need more of a lifeline. So we actually looked at investment properties. We looked at non-owner-occupied real estate. We looked at multifamilies. We looked at untraditional lines of credit. And we looked at that population of small businesses nationwide via CPAs via real estate brokers, via financial intermediaries. And we took a deep dive into like the balance sheet, the taxes, the interviews, the phone calls, and we just added value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where does two Smiths come from? I know you're Jeremy Smith, so that you're you're at least one Smith. (laughs) Where, who's the other mysterious Smith? There is not. Okay. (laughs) the, 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 The idea or the model behind two Smith is that I'm gonna partner with you you're going to deal as a family of the Smith brand, and then it's always going to be a plus one. Mm-hmm. So that long story short is 
anything we do, we're going to take a two Smith approach to it as a partnership standpoint. Mm. So the, the model of two Smith is, it's always a plus one with someone who wants to partner with you and make sure that your capital needs are, are just met. So mm-hmm. the, the two Smith concept is pretty much a, a plus one with a professional person like myself. Mm. Who would you say your ideal client is the, the person who comes to you and you say you came to the right place for this problem? My ideal client would be, well, well there's two scenarios. Okay. The first one would be a small business who is looking to stop renting. They want to buy the building that they're operating in. They aren't really, they're, they're not too savvy about not, not running their business, but applying for actual solidified bank or SBA productive debt. Right. And they also want to retire by using the real estate or by acquiring real estate instead of doing 401ks, private sharings, whatever it is. So they're open to that educational standpoint of using assets and capital to retire. Mm. Is there an industry that you specialize in or can you work with any kind of business? I'm business agnostic, mm-hmm. but I specialize and I want to work with people with, with positive net profit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So typically 50 to 100,000 positive net profit, been in business for at least two to five years, have a track record of what you're doing. You come from a background of what you're doing. And the most key or, or main point that I want to work with with a business owner is that they're coachable. Mm-hmm. Is everyone that has hired you end up being coachable or is there sometimes a point where you're like, this is, this person's not coachable. This person's like so Terrell Owens. I'm trying to think of an example. So, <laughs> so I've had a 99% success rate. Yeah. So I have this, this, this nice little scrubbing or survey monkey thing. So mm. what's your credit? What you like? What's your business? The child taxes? background, you have your debt, where you go, and it's usually like a, a casual coffee and capital conversation at Starbucks early. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much if you fail the verbal survey, we're, I will say, hey, it's a pleasure to meet you. We can play golf. I don't really think we have a relationship. <laughs> yeah. And so when you take the survey, tell the truth, people, right? Because that would, that would be a bad way to start off the relationship. Well, well you don't yep. have to tell the truth. You take the survey and then we send you a general authorization, and then we pull the records, and then we now know the truth. So kind of think of your credit karma, your your your, your Carfax, your health questionnaire, your HIPAA law. I'll, I'll read the report, and then we'll figure out, okay, did you violate the verbal trust, yay or nay? And usually it's usually like nay. And there are some people that be like, oh, my God, I'm talking to, I'm just talking to a, a habitual liar. <laughs> So, so they're out there. They're out there. Right. What are some misconceptions that people might have about investing that that you would like to clear up? I have to have a lot of money, Jer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not really sure. I was watching CNBC money. The interest rates are so high. Mm. The feds are holding back. My 401k isn't performing. <laughs> Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter. <laughs> it's just like they're all of it. But like. Yeah. The the main pivotal thing I think that people really don't understand investing from a very elementary standpoint is just life insurance. 
Yeah. So then when you just break it down, like I have a. Not literally life insurance, but that it serves the purpose of life. That's the purpose. Yeah. 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 So when you, when you break it down, I like to think when I'm talking to my six year old, my three year old, <laughs> tell me your, tell me your, 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 uh, your pros and your cons for your day, but tell me your high and your lows. So talking to the business owner, Hey man, where are your high and lows? Right. Yep. <laughs> and then once you, when you just have it very to, to the point vanilla that you can just get to the root of it, people can kind of relate to that. And then. Now you go back and say, from an empathetic standpoint, where do you want to be? Mm. And then once I know where you want to be, it goes back into our motto. Then I'm going to find that capital for purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, I'm glad, good segue, good podcasting. You mentioned coffee and capital chat. And you are planning to launch a podcast, which we are delighted to be helping you along with, called Coffee and Capital. And brought to you by Two Smith IQ and Two Smith Capital, by the way. And a lot of this seems to be education. You correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but you're, you're, you're eventually going to talk to people on the podcast. But at first, it's going to be kind of the basics, right? T- tell me about what you want to get out of it. So first, I'm, I'm really trying to achieve like a kind of like a 20 episode season before I can really like dive into like how I can help you from education. Point, you got to know who I am. I got to know who you are. It's, it's, it's like a courtship. Yeah. I just can't come on and say, Hey, do you love me? <laughs> you got to get, you got to get a chance to like, like me. Yeah. I, I got to tell you who I am. You got to tell me who you are. I got to lean my hand out. You got to accept my hand. So like this, this podcast, it's like, let me give you the backdrop of why this is important to you from it. Let me, let me break down the stuff that you have learned from a preconceived notion that's it's not true. It's like it's like the American dream. Mm. We go to college, we we graduate, mm. we get a job, we grow, we want an employee review, we want our boss to pat us on the back, we need a nice little email saying we're important, mm. we need a raise, we need to retire, we want to have two and a half kids, and we want to go to <laughs> Disney World, and we want our grandparents and in-laws to love each other. Mm. Life isn't like that. It never quite goes that way, does it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. So, oh, but Paula, you're happy that Disney World's part of the American dream. I was going it's to a, say, as a former Disney employee, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge Disney fan. And but the vision of the future, I think, if you're helping people get there, I think that's that's a big thing. Correct. So I have a I have a inadvertent golden rule. I can't take my broker fee unless I broker you into a better position with your life and your business. Mm. So going back to coffee and capital, mm-hmm. once you understand where I'm coming from, then you'll understand where I'm trying to get you. And then that backdrop in the first three to five episodes allows you to understand why this is significant. For example, most mom and pop small business don't have an ERISA program, which is a pretty much a a, a self-directed retirement program. Mm-hmm. They don't have a cash reserve in a business. They they basically took a hustle or a cool skill. They turned into a business and then they took a HELOC out and then they opened up debt that they know they just got tired of working that nine to five. And they said, Oh my God, I was a lawyer. I love to take cook. I love to be a cooking class. I, I'm going to be a chef. 
For a minute there, he was describing me until he got to the part with the chef. So I, I was yeah. getting worried, but thank you. <laughs> but no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, Starts as a side hustle start, passion. Side hustle passion. Yeah. So in Coffee and Capital, those first five, five episodes, we're going we're gonna to relate on a personal level. We're going to have a backdrop together. Then in the next six to 10, I'm going to break down principles of, of why SBA debt matters, why investment property financing on your free cash flow gives you an asset that you don't have to guarantee when you go back to a bank that's not your primary living. So you can sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And then on the same standpoint, why you should be operating your business not on free cash flow, but on lines of credit and brokerage accounts where your money's making you money. Mm-hmm. And then why are you bringing in employees that don't have value to you? So I've learned this and, and, and I'm speaking from experience. If you can't step away from your business to grow your business or to do business, you have a job. You have a job. So the reason this podcast makes sense because you need the information flow of how financial decisions allow you to have a company, not just a job or a self-employed Schedule C on a 1040. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, you can look for Coffee and Capital in the days to come on pod617.com or wherever you find your podcast. Don't worry, Jeremy. We'll have it everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And eventually, you're going to welcome guests on to the show. So what kind of people will you be talking to? We're going to bring in real estate brokers. We're going to bring in key strategic CPAs. We're also going to touch base with commercial insurance carriers property and casual people that deal with businesses, people that kind of touch my ecosystem mm-hmm. that have to do with that strategic goal for the business, basically broker you, put you in a better situation, let your capital have purpose in your life, your business. And then those people, they're, they're pretty much going to support the narrative that I have. Like, this is really work for the person. How is their experience? And, and what's our ongoing relationship past brokering the capital? So they'll contribute to the start, the finish, the after, the follow-up. Very cool. If people want to get in touch with you, Jeremy, is the website the best place to go? or that's- The website is the best case. I'm not going to lie. I do have an assistant. I don't really check my email. <laughs> unless <laughs> That's who I've been emailing with. <laughs> but most people can get in touch with us at deals, D-E-A-L-S, David Eric Apple. Larry, Sam <laughs> at twosmithcapital.com. All right. Deals at twosmithcapital.com. And you spell out the two, right? Correct. Yeah. T-W-O. T-W-O. Same with the website. The website's twosmithcapital.com. Very cool. We're going to play a round of burning questions where we'll get to know Jeremy a little bit better. Before we do that, let me take one minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Just as a reminder, pod617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, just like Jeremy, you could be the next big podcast star. You can do it right here in our Westwood studios. What do you think of the place, by the way, Jeremy? It's it's oh, it's humble, but it's it, cozy. It's it it is luxuriously great. <laughs> Do you hear that? That's great. Luxuriously great. He, he's he's not even getting paid for that endorsement. And you can go to the website again. It's pod six one seven dot com. Podcasting is a great way to reach out to your network, your clients, your prospective clients, everybody in your world. They'll be amazed when they get invited to be a guest on your show, and then we produce a radio quality episode that's a keepsake for them. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. And Pod, we trust. Let's play Burning Questions. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. 
Right, you're on the hot seat, Jeremy, but no right answers, so don't worry about it. Anyway, first question. What was your favorite toy growing up? I didn't have one. You didn't know toys? Come on. I, I grew up poor, man. I mean, like, we, we barely had Christmas. Okay. A, a, a foot, you had a football to throw I, around. You had, I had, like, a Tonka truck. Is that, is that right? Okay. That's good. That's a good toy. Where did you grow up? Memphis. Is that right? Okay. I've been to Memphis. I like Memphis. You ever been to Elvis when you're down there? No, he was dead. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> I, I, I have a couple ideas as to maybe why, but maybe we, yeah. don't, maybe we don't go down that road. Maybe not today. Yeah. Name, name a celebrity that you admire. Alan Greenspan. Oh, cool. Why? Um, Interesting and, and him and kind of like, like LeBron James. I'm a big LeBron James. <laughs> okay. Those, those are two. Very different people, but but I like them both. Yeah, why LeBron? When you have a person who's a polarizing figure like that, that you think he's in this box, but he's not in that box. Right. So when you say, oh, the athlete is just the athlete, but really the athlete or the minority is really the savviest guy in the room. So you you downplay him, but you don't downplay him. So, yeah, he's a basketball player, but there's more like the person. So... When people see the millennial guy like me in the room and everything, it's like, ah, he's not that savvy. I'm a sharp. <laughs> so watch out. There's a little so bit of LeBron out. James, Jeremy. Yeah, at some point, he, you could see him make the switch yeah. from uh, super athlete to savvy uh, investor. He is savvy investor. I want to say influencer. That word has, yeah. has a is like a pejorative now, but like someone that people listen to. And so I, I think like, you know, he really is of his day. He, he's the the Bill Russell, the Muhammad Ali of his day, isn't he? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And and when I say something like something like that, it's just like, all right, like, you know what you're gonna get. You can get some polarizing that's with sports, or you can get some polarizing with life. So like for me, uh, I'm I'm gonna give you something that's like groundbreaking. Or like, ooh, this is my cool financial like philosophy. But I just want to get some people something with some substance that like they can just translate into everyday life, and then. They can mimic who I am. So, would you say would you say he's he's been more bold and outward about his opinions on things than someone like Michael Jordan? Because I yeah, because he's richer, <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> well, Michael Jordan's pretty rich too, right? But but I think Michael. Nothing against Michael Jordan. I, I think he's a, an amazing. You know, it was amazing athlete, amazing figure. He just. Yeah, I think he just chose not to yeah. not to put himself out there as much as someone like LeBron does. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and I think LeBron's like the modern day billionaire. Like right. he took he took the ground up approach, similar circle, took the people with him. People that work with me like now, I've known these people 15, 20 years. I grew up with them. Mm -hmm. And then so like I know that my new perception of wealth, like, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of put the political, the everything. I'm, I mean, I'm like LeBron. I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but a lot of people are going to follow me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, I I think if you're if you're not pissing people off occasionally, then kind of what good are you? You know, I mean, it, it, if it, we I used to work for a, a newspaper, and our our slogan was always if you agree with everything in our paper, then our paper is freaking boring, boring, right? And it's the same thing as a, as a public figure. And I don't always agree with things LeBron says, but I sort of give him credit for being out there on it, you yeah. know, because he could shut up, count his money, right, and move on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, couple more questions. Can you remember who the, the best teacher you ever had was, either by name or just by description, and, and what inspired you in that person? Life. 
life has been the best teacher. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm, I'm just honest, man. I mean, like, I've had some influential. I went to all boys prep school in Memphis, Catholic school. I had some people that was my champion. I've, I've had some good mentors in college, but they all were great. But living and working in New York, being in Boston, mm -hmm. looking at this whole Black Lives Life movement matter, mm -hmm. the COVID thing with debt, mm -hmm. like banks falling, like these, this, this, this main educator was just life. Yep. So, were there different teachers and stuff that influenced me in parts of it? Yeah. But I'm not going to just say, all right, yeah, Mrs. No, you can't have all the credit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like life, meaning it's it's kind of like the ultimate school, like the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Would you say you're someone who who has learned from from failures, from challenges, bumps along the road? I have. Yeah. I've learned from bad business partners. I've learned from bad corporate managers. Mm -hmm. I learned from bad personal and professional decisions I've done. I've I've just even I've even learned from bad deals. Yeah. And and bad transactions. So every everything has its its its, its place in the in the learning curve. And you just gotta go back to that case study or that experience and be like, oh, not doing that again. So it's like, I tell my three-year-old, all right, don't put your hand inside again. <laughs> Mom, I got electrocuted. I, I told you. Uh, yeah. But you might have to learn the hard way. Some things they'll learn the hard way. Life yeah. is going to give you a hard lesson whether you want it or not. Very true. You just got to be able to take that on the chin or with positive reinforcement and say, hey, can I learn from it? Yeah. And I, I think you come to respect people that, well, first of all, you and I were talking about this, I think, before we started recording, is you, you just, life doesn't follow a script. And if you think it does, then write your script down and then tear it up. Because <laughs> somewhere in life, you're going to be at a spot where it's like, geez, I didn't think I was going to be here. You have to deal with this, right? But I had a boss that used to say that he, he expected us to fail. And it, it was like, that's kind of thing that perks you up in the conference room. It's like, I expect you to fail. It's like, what, boss? He said, and it's like, if you're not failing, at least occasionally, you're not taking any risks. And I think I've come to respect people that take risks. People that take risks will fail. But it's like, you know, I'd go back yeah. to Michael Jordan again. He has that famous quote, you know, I've, I've, I've missed the winning shot like 26 times. I've failed and failed again. And that is why I succeed. I like that. It, it's, it's funny you say that. I talk to my employees all the time. I, I hire, yes, I hire millennials. Millennials work for me. We won't hold it against you. They TikTok. <laughs> I don't TikTok. So, <laughs> right. so basically... Going back to your philosophy, Jerry, is this right? What, what do you think? I don't care. Screw it up. Screw yeah. it up. Or you, you, you meet people now and like, let me show you my resume. Let me, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. So I want people who have screwed up. I want people who have messed up. I want people who's got say, Hey, you know what? I've been down this road. These are the pitfalls. I'm not going to make the pitfalls. Well, I'm okay with, with going through a pitfall. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I respect those people a lot more because they bring a little substance to it and they can play defense and offense. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Sure. You have an analyst. So I'm not going to say what it was, but right. an analyst worked for me. Big transaction, downtown Boston Seaport, $40 million, Got the deal approved, everything else, went on to refinancing. 
the analysts didn't go through the whole debt of the business pretty thorough, mm-hmm. got the transaction through, got defaults on low four months. He was super over leveraged. Mm. Did I fire the analysts? No. Mm. They didn't get their bonus. <laughs> <laughs> but now that same analyst, he'll match debt with liens. He'll match titles. He'll match everything else on him. What was his reaction to the 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 failure the the error that he made? Well, it was doing it was doing April, so it was like it was a pretty good April Fool's joke. We gotta talk. Yeah. I need you in my office. Caps, 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 caps in the email. Right, Jerry, Jerry, you okay? You okay? What's is is everything? Your kids are your wife? Yep. Are no, we need to talk about this transaction right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Look at the email. They defaulted. Hmm. We we got to get a commission back. It's it's four hundred thousand. Oh, I got to make it up in your salary. Oh no no I'm not, ma'am. I'm getting married next week. Ugh. Oh boy, it's it, a story. It, yeah. it, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Need to say I was. It was like it was a big joke, and then like oh, I, he had to go. That on. part was a joke when you told him it's gonna come out of his salary, but he yeah. really made the mistake, right? He made the mistake. Okay. But oh god, man, you got a wicked sense of humor. I mean, I appreciate that. I, but. I, I was. I was like. You're like, man, he's like, oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. I was like, man, you might want to go home. I think you pissed your pants. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> but Wow. Okay. But, but, but yeah. the guy respected, the long story short, the guy respected the fact that, like, look, you made a mistake, but was it the end of the world? No. Even though you made the mistake of the debt, it's still the client's fault. He he knew he was over leveraged. Right. But you got to be able to point those things out. So, what is forty million, two million, four million, four hundred thousand? You got to be able to learn from key pivotal things. It's like if you're buying a house, yeah, you might want to go check the roof out. Mm-hmm. You might want to go check out the electrical for you buy something that needs major work. Yeah, yeah. You don't want the roof caving in on you, Paula. You were nodding when Jeremy was talking about failing. Did you have some philosophy? Was I nodding? Yes. I was. I was enjoying your story very much. <laughs> Do you learn? Do you learn from your mistakes, Paul? I think we all do, and I yeah. think that's I think that's the best motivator. Mm-hmm. I think that really gets us up and going. But you have to have, you know, you have to have courage. You have to say, okay, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to do this better, and you know, I think you're better for it. And I think the people around you really like that yeah. to see that in you. Yeah, it encourages them, and it encourages you. I think it's all good. Yeah, I was just producing a podcast this morning. Uh, woman by the name of Ashley Breed. The name of the show is The Entrepreneur. So that's a play on entrepreneur, entrepreneur. And she interviews entrepreneurs about occasions where they failed and dusted themselves off. And most of them are, they, they talk about how it's humbling because people that are, Jeremy, you're a successful, confident guy, but we've all been humbled. You know, we've all been at that moment where it's like, oh God, do I suck this bad? Like, like I, I used to think, I mean, you know, I was, I happen to have been well-educated and, and, you know, got good grades and everything. And then you get to a moment where you're like, I just severely screwed this thing up. And, uh, but you know, if, if you take it hard, there's a reason it's because you have pride in, in what you do. Right. And then hopefully bounce back. You agree with that, Jeremy? We, we, yeah. So I've, I've had the hard talks. Mm-hmm. So I've worked in corporate. I've had four startups. I've, I've had a corporate bankruptcy. You're not successful until you had a corporate bankruptcy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or you've been sued. Been sued. Right. There you go. Yeah. So that going back to your point, entrepreneur. Yeah. 
I know not what to do. Right, exactly. Fact. Yeah. Fact on that. And the humbling thing about it is that, like, if you can look yourself in the mirror and then you did everything you could to push your business and then put yourself in the right position, but then also have a realistic perspective on, like, you know what? I need to tap out. And believe it or not, I've had this conversation with a lot of businesses. I said, hey, man, this ain't Shark Tank. Yep. It ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. And then not from a non-empathetic perspective, but more from these are the facts. Yep. This your cash. These are your sales. These are your customers. This what you really need to run by. You ain't nowhere near there. Yeah. You're not even going to get there. Someone who has a $10 million idea has got 5,000 lifetime sales, been open for three years. Right. Hang it up. And there's no shame in quitting, right? I mean, quit, the, the word quitting is a pejorative. It's like, oh, you quit. It's like, I've had this situation. I, I had a, a job in finance, a financial book of business that I had to walk away from because I looked at the numbers just like you're describing. I was like, this isn't going to freaking work. I got to start over. And and there are losses that you got to cut and it hurts. But but for, but for me, besides the business, the first thing you really have to do is you have to understand who you are. Mm-hmm. I've worked in corporate. I've had startups. I've have, I've got an MBA. I'm, I'm just not going to fit well climbing a corporate ladder. That's not who I am. Right. So once I you'll, think, you'll never work for anyone else, will you? I bet. Maybe the Celtics. <laughs> like, okay, that's I like I, that idea. Maybe, maybe so like that, but like, yeah, pro- like corporate wise, probably not because it's it's really hard when you talk to big bank execs and private equity funds, and you kind of know how they dollars spent. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, come work for thirty thousand when I know. The franchise owner at Chick-fil-A makes $3 million. Yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So we're up against the clock. We've kind of gone over time here because I, I, I wanted to hear everything. No, I wanted to hear everything Jeremy had to say. That was, that was some good stuff. I'm glad we got it down. And it's, it's a great reason for you to listen to the upcoming podcast, Coffee and Capital. And if you want to get in touch with Jeremy, look at the website, com or email them at de- deals. At deals. Deals, right? Delta, Echo, Alpha, Llama, Sacramento. I don't forget what S is. Deals at twosmithcapital.com and spell out, spell out Smith Capital. Paula, any final questions for uh, Jeremy before we... Yeah, the actually, I've been wanting to ask you. Can you tell us a favorite business that you've helped kind of get on their feet that you were like, yeah, this is great? Hmm. I used to mentor some MIT startups. The guy was from, he was from Africa. Mm-hmm. He was an engineer. My fiance wife at the time paired me out with him. And then his co-founder was this Russian chick from Harvard. Mm-hmm. He was from like Ghana, third world. Mm-hmm. And he produced merengue oil. It was a senior thesis. And he didn't What know. What is merengue oil? Merengue oil is the key ingredient in like soap, oh. shampoo. Mm-hmm. So... All these major brands test these oil for like compounds on your skin, for like yeah. this oil and everything else on it. So, but they actually extract it from third world countries like Ghana, oh, wow. like all that stuff. So, this guy was a senior in MIT, first first year refugee. And remember, like the dude's just like, he just got like grit written all over his face. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, cool, sizing up ours. And then, like, he dropped out of MIT. 
he 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 went back and forth from Boston to Ghana, did it online, secured a million dollar grant, and then we helped him. I helped him with distribution and all that stuff, and then he put back three million dollars a year in the third world farmers. Oh my god. It was like, it's crazy. I'll tell you the company in a second. And then the girl, yep. she graduated from Harvard. And then you can just tell, like, they just had something different about them. Mm. No VC money. No nothing. Mm. They lived in, like, a studio in, like, Kendall's, Kendall Square. Mm-hmm. Like, eating ramen and, like, <laughs> fish sticks and yeah. stuff. But fast forward now, they probably have, I think they had, I talked to them, like, about a month ago. Mm. 500 employees. 75 million in revenue. They, they are probably 24 now. Is is the company? No, no, no. no this, the 28. 28. Okay. That's crazy. Company based in the States or based in Ghana? Or kind Distri- of both? Yeah. Distribution is global in Ghana, but they have a, a U.S. domicile in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So they get, the, they get the nice little like tax credit. Wow. Keep yourself offshore or whatever it is. But smart. But the but the guy went back, finished his MIT degree in engineering. But he's he's got more of a mission. Yeah. So like a lot of these people have they they partner with third world countries trying to put some of their product over there and then donate back to that economy. Nope. This guy, he made sure those farmers got paid. And a lot of deals right now where people are using third party agriculture, these people aren't getting paid. That's that's an unbelievable story. And and one, I mean, it would have been impressive enough if from his beginnings, he was able to put together a company of that caliber and that size. And and then he's got this the his mission wrapped all around it, which I take it he wouldn't have done any of it if, if not for being inspired the way he was. Right. Well, yeah. Well, he was one of those people that like, hey, let's meet. I got this. All right. First meeting. <laughs> then the second meeting is like, all right, cool, cool, cool. But there was a graduation yeah. of tasks being completed, like goal set, what I want to do. It was just never really a stagnant meeting every time we met. Yep. So I kind of could see it, but I'm like, all right. And then, but he just, he just he kept doing it. And then it's like, all right, time passed for like three or four months. Stuff happened. He hit me up. He, he DM'd me for the... People that use DM and Twitter. <laughs> right. He DM'd me. Mm. We got back and then he's like, he's like, hey man, I got something to tell you. I'm like, text me. Mm. He's like, no, let's meet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, I got kids soccer. I can't meet. And then we Good. met up and he's like, I'm doing this. I'm like, wow. Yep. So it was pretty inspiring. I'm not going to lie. Well, we should have gone into Merengue Oil instead Merengue. of podcasting. Like, uh, the name of the yeah. company is actually called <laughs> Merengue Connect. Merengue Connect. Connect. Okay. I'm, I'm looking them up, man. I'm going to think about it next yep. time I'm grabbing soap or shampoo. Yeah, next. Exactly. It, it's probably in, in all the soap and shampoo. Awesome, awesome way to conclude this with that story, Jeremy. Thank you very much for being on the Boston Podcast. I hope you had a good time. Fabulous. He's already back texting his next deal, so can't keep him. But thank you, Jeremy, for joining us. And once again, to smithcapital.com and deals at smithcapital.com And the upcoming podcast, Coffee and Capital with Jeremy Smith. On behalf of Jeremy and on behalf of Paula, my sidekick, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and go to pod617.com if you want your own show. Have a great one, everybody. Enjoy it. I'm not-